Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Saturday, May the 20th, 2023. It is currently 8.04 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central Studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. For the past hour, it's probably close to an hour, maybe a little longer, I've been sitting here in the studio. I have had in front of me a couple of Bibles, I've had my iPad, and I've had a journal. And I've been working away in the journal. I've had a pencil, I've been writing and outlining and trying to structure something. And I don't know if this is going to be beneficial for, for anyone else. This may, this may, everyone else may think this is ridiculous. Everyone else may think it's worthless, may think it's a waste of time. And that's perfectly okay. Maybe this is more for me than for anyone else. But here I sit on a Saturday evening. Tomorrow is Sunday. I'm supposed to be at church, you know, teaching for three hours, you know, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night. I'm hoping it goes well. I've worked on my sermon, you know, on my sermon prep. I think I'm pretty much ready to go. I got a couple of things to work on. But, uh, you know, I as That really tomorrow will kind of really mark the end of a extremely emotional, trying week. Like this week, I I don't even have words to, to describe this week, how emotional it's been, how many ups and downs and how difficult it has been. So in a sense, I'm sitting here knowing, hey, tomorrow is Sunday and I'm going to be very busy and I've got, I've got a lot to do and a lot of responsibility there's a part of me that knows that that kind of marks the beginning of a new week. And so as I'm here, because it's Saturday night, I'm kind of, not only am I looking forward, I'm doing a little bit of reflecting on just this week and and a lot of the things that I've gone through and just things that we have talked about here on the podcast, even though, you know, the podcast haven't hasn't really been consistent this week because everything that has happened, it's made me feel the need to at least maybe try to present this. And again, maybe it's more for me than for anyone else, but I hope you will at least consider it. You, again, you may you may think it's a horrible idea, but at least uh, maybe you will consider it, all right? So, so let me try to give you kind of the context to what has led me to this moment right here in this studio, sitting in front of this microphone on this Saturday evening. Are you ready? First, as many of you know, a horrible tragedy took place, all right? A horrible tragedy that obviously involved the death of someone. Horrible tragedy, all right? And that really changed everything. That changed the entire, that, that entire, it changed the entire focus, all right, the the death occurred last week, and then that that began to change everything from the the time the news came in to then trying to figure out. Okay, I'm being asked to be involved in the funeral. I'm asked to speak at the funeral. Okay, trying to figure out how I was going to get there, the travel, ever, ever it began to change everything. So we had the tragedy. Obviously, then I spoke at the funeral. 
All right. So tragedy and I speak at the funeral and that was a very emotional experience for me. I have no way, I have no way to really explain it. I'm speaking at a funeral of a young person and the way the tragedy occurs had a very much, not only was it profoundly emotional for me because of, of who the person was and because of the family, but because of my own connection with that type of tragedy. So tragedy, uh, we could go this way, tragedy, travel, funeral, all the emotions, everything involved with that, the travel back, all that that involved, and then a, a really, uh, a major started thinking and started really focusing on mental health issues. Mental health and Christianity, we we created a little bit of a mini-series, and we worked on a lot of questions about mental health and and these suggestions given by a Christian website and how to supposedly improve your mental health. And, and even today, I saw some more articles about mental health and Christianity and, and I just, and, 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 uh, some uh, news articles about, uh, you know, depression. It's just, it just seems like mental health issues are all over the place. Christian websites, non-Christian websites. So a lot of discussion about mental health. So I've started thinking about mental health more from a biblical theological perspective and, and, you know, what, what do you do and how, and, and how do you address it and what's the right way to address it and getting rid of that stigma and, and a lot of the things that I discussed in that series. So as I was thinking about mental health and, and trying to understand how to address it, not to address, remember we discussed this, is that, well, yes, we have to address mental health in some ways in a different way, but at the same time, you don't neglect one's spiritual health. So then I started thinking about, okay, mental health has to be addressed in a very specific way. And we can't just, you know, say, hey, if your spiritual health is right, then all of your mental health is going to be great because it's a disease. So just because your spiritual health is right doesn't mean you're not going to get cancer or have other physical health problems, right? So spiritual health doesn't fix your physical health and spiritual health does not automatically fix your mental health. And so we talked about that, but that doesn't mean you neglect your spiritual health and, uh, and it, you know, because it just because it won't fix your physical health or your mental health. Our spiritual health is really important. So what do we need for our spiritual health? And that started getting me to think about a lot of those things. Then we started talking about the de-churched and the great de-churching that is taking place. And, and 40 million people have left the church in 30 years. 15 million of those people are evangelicals, right? And all of this discussing about the, the all of the discussion that we had about the great de-churching, the book that's coming out, all of the research that has been done, and that this is the fastest and largest religious shift that has ever occurred in the history of the United States of America. That's rather profound. And there are millions of people who in many cases still claim to be Christians, still are very orthodox in their theology, but they have walked away from the institutional church. They've walked away from it. They're done with it. At the same time, even people who go to church, even if you look at Christianity at large, I think they're uh, not only are people politically hijacked, not only are people distracted, I think there is a great spiritual apathy that has crept into the lives of many Christians, again, because of all of the distractions, because of all of those things. So you take all of that together, tragedy, funeral, 
emotions, mental health, the great dechurching, spiritual apathy. All just you take all of those subjects together. And then I did a podcast episode for, with the former worship leader from uh, Bethel Church. And, you know, basically she's saying that we get worship all wrong. Somewhere in the midst of all of that, I started thinking, okay, what can we do as an individual, right? In some cases, trying to address the church at large, trying to address the church in general. And I do speak to the church in general and uh, over and over and over in my podcast. But I also have been podcasting long enough, also have been broadcasting long enough to know that there is a sense of futility in that. Like I can say, hey, th- this is this is a problem in the American church. This is what the church needs to do. Nobody's listening to me. Nobody cares what I have to say. The institutionalized church, they're going to do what's best for their bottom line. They're going to do what's best to preserve their, their little mini kingdom because they need money coming in to pay for that building and pay for that infrastructure and to make sure people's salaries. Are and you can't, I mean, that's just whether, no matter how spiritual, spiritual we want to make it. That's a reality. So I could say, well, the church should do this. And the church really doesn't care what I have to say. But I do know I have individuals who listen to me. So then I was thinking, if we look at people's Christian lives right now, maybe their spiritual health, maybe their mental health, just the overall health of the average Christian where are we and what what could we do? And I started thinking maybe, just maybe, as individual Christians, we need to find a way to ensure that we as individuals, I, I'm not here to even debate what the church is doing or not doing, but as individuals, what can we do to make worship a consistent part of of our lives. Actual worship. Some people think worship is what you do when you go to church for an hour. And I'm not saying it doesn't occur there. That's a, that's a more a congregational type. You know, we could use the more buzzword. That's the communal. That's the community type of worship. We, we could talk about that and you can, you can have your own feelings about what occurs there. But I'm like, what can we do to make worship something that we can do? I don't know if we can always pull it off on a daily basis, but on as, as consistently as possible that you as an individual, me as an individual, that I, that we structure something like worship. And I challenged people to kind of like create their own little worship plan and send it to me, right? Newsif at yahoo.com. I wanted to see if people were to structure their own worship plan. Now, it's, that was one of those times I asked people to do something and, and the response hasn't been overwhelming. Um, and either one, people are just struggling. Like, I don't really know what to do. Maybe two people are like, I don't really care. I could structure it. I'm not going to use it in any way, shape or form. Um, who, who knows? Who knows? Who knows what people would do with it? But I just thought that it was, I, 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 I as soon as I gave the assignment, I was like, well, I'm going to have to work on this. So I've spent the last, hour or so with my journal here working out a well a worship plan a a personal worship plan now what i'm doing here is nothing new it is nothing unique 
Um, Christians have been trying to do this type of thing for 2,000 years. Uh, I think I think maybe there have been different times in church history where maybe it became more of a a big deal or more of the end thing, and then it kind of goes out of style, and then people move on to something else. Um, I have obviously been massively influenced in my Christian life by something known as the Liturgy of the Hours. I've tried to get Christians to buy the four volumes and to learn how to use the four volumes and to utilize the four. Uh, but, you know, I, I think I've probably suggested them to 27,000 people, and I don't know if anyone's ever taken me up on it. But I, I do, do love the Liturgy of the Hour. I know when someone gets the four volumes and look at the Liturgy of the Hour and they're like, this is madness. What do I do with this? Like, this is insanity. Like trying to figure it out. I mean, it took me like two years to figure out even how to get remotely good at it. And I'm probably out of practice again. And it would take me a while to get back into the flow of things. But I, I the liturgy of the hour was, was how the early church prayed. You could say how the early church worshiped in private. Now, I know it was, it really became a part of you know, Roman Catholicism. It's what the monks do in monasteries. It's what nuns do. It's what priests do. And it kind of became more for those kinds. But it, it still is structured in such a way that any individual Christian could obviously use it and use it as a form of worship. And, and basically what all you're really doing is praying the Psalms. You're, you know, in a four week period, you're going to pray all 150 Psalms. It, it's, it's unique, but it's very, complicated. Some people would feel like it's too Catholic and that they would run to, you know, be scared to death. So, but I have been influenced by that to some level. So I, I, I'm not really structuring this based off that, but I've definitely been influenced by it. But I thought, so what could we do that all Christians could utilize? And because of the use of technology that we have today, the availability of technology and our ability to use technology, we, we have a lot of options here. So I, I'm going to give you kind of my, my suggestion. And here is what I'm thinking. Well, I'll, I'll throw out a hypothesis. I'll throw out a theory. What do you think would happen to your spiritual health if you engaged in private or family meaningful worship on a, I, I, you know, I don't want to say daily, a weekly basis, maybe every other day, maybe every three days, right? That you dedicate, you did. Now, to do this will require discipline. To do this will require dedication, which is really hard to just all of a sudden just say, I'm going to do this. But, but at the same time, you know, right? If, you know, not what, five minutes from my house, 10 minutes from my house, there's a CrossFit gym. The people obviously have enough dedication to get to that CrossFit gym at five in the morning. You know, all the different classes they have at the CrossFit gym. I've, I've driven by there very early in the morning and there's people outside running around the building. And I'm like, well, if people can get up at five o'clock in the morning to go to the gym to do CrossFit, then Christians have to be able to have enough discipline to be able to make private worship a normal part of our lives. And especially if you've abandoned the church, especially if you've left the church, then you definitely need it maybe even more so. I think in some cases, even if you go to church, you still need it. Right? And I know that this, I know what I'm about to suggest could just become a tired, you know, meaningless routine. I know. I think there are ways we could change it and modify it to try to keep it 
you know, meaningful, I, I think. And I think the seasons that we're in, you know, whether it's, you know, I, that's kind of going back to the early church calendar, you know, you know, ordinary time versus say, you know, Christmas or Advent or Epiphany, like we could go. And, but again, you start using some of that terminology, people immediately like Catholic. So you really can't do that too much. Like, how can we modify this in a way that could be beneficial all year round for everyone? And, 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 and really my, I guess I have really haven't stated hypotheses. My hypothesis, I guess, is this. I believe if, 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 if we engaged in meaningful worship, maybe once a week privately or two times a week or three times a week privately, I think it would have to have somewhat of a spiritual benefit to our lives. I'm not saying it's going to make us perfect. Obviously, we're going to continue to sin. And we should not even look at this as like a law-based thing, but as a gospel-based thing that because of the one who died for us and shed his blood to save us from our sins, should we not want closer fellowship and relationship with him out of gratitude, out of thanksgiving? Not that if you don't do this, you're proving you're not saved. I, I don't, I, I'm looking at this more from a gospel-based rather than a law-based perspective. Now, this is would be a little different than normal situations, but we'll, we'll see how this works. So this is, I, 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 I probably did not label this part one. I probably need to label this part one uh, because... We're, this is going to be a work and 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 progress. This this is going to be a work that I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue to work on. Right. I'm, I'm going to continue to do what I can. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I can here to, to. I guess what I want you to understand is I don't have this all figured out yet. That that's what I'm trying to say. In other words, I'm not coming like this is what we're going to do. This is more like, man. After the week I've had. I mean, I cannot even begin to, I cannot put into words the impact this week has had on me. I cannot put into words the, it, there are, there's no way to even, I can't, I could not express the thoughts. I cannot express the emotions. I, I could not express anything that this has just been traumatic. It has really been traumatic on me. And I, I'm just saying when when you look at all the articles about mental health and, and and spiritual health and where people are from a theology based perspective from a from a christian based perspective obviously by no means am i denying seeking mental health because i've 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 obviously promoted that and explained to you it's a disease you need to seek help but i in the midst of all of the craziness and the darkness and the pain and the grief and the suffering and the confusion and the questions all I can say to do is we run back to some kind of worship of God in a meaningful way. I mean, I, 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 I think that that makes some kind of sense. Now, now it's easy for me to say it now. Now, listen, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm at the end of this week, right? I'm at the end. I'm facing a brand new week. So right now, all the emotions are very strong and I'm still trying to figure it all out. But so I know very much three weeks down the road, four weeks down the road, five weeks down the road, all of the emotions will be gone, you know, and then it'll be life as usual. And then do I just forget about this? There's a, there's a high possibility. I mean, like it's, it's a high possibility. It's, it's a probability. I, I can't deny that. 
But at least at this moment, May the 20th, 2023, I think individual Christians, we need to find a way to incorporate incorporate meaningful worship for ourselves. So here is my plan. Are you ready? The things you will need to pull this off are the following. Number one, a candle. Number two, something to light said candle with. Number three, a Bible. And I suggest strongly a physical Bible, right? Physical, right? Trying to, because you want this experience to be maybe different than your normal everyday experience where you spend a hundred hours on your phone or iPad. So we want to, I'm trying to bring in tangible objects, a candle, something to light it with, a physical Bible, a physical journal or notebook, physical, physical, obviously something to write with. You know what I'm going to say. But for this, I'm not here to get into my never-ending joking about pencils. I don't care at this point. Something to write with. And then you can have, obviously, for the rest of it, you will need either your phone or iPad or some, you know, Wi-Fi, internet-connected device, right? Your mobile data, whatever you're using, you'll need, you'll, you're going to possibly need that. And, and that's it. That's all, all you need. That's all you need. All right? So here is what you do. First, you've got to find a place and a time. You've got to find a place and a time. Right. If you can find a place that it's it's kind of your own space. Right. You you set it apart. You set it apart. You have it set up where maybe the Bible. Maybe maybe you got a Bible just for this time. It's just a Bible for a notebook just for this time. A pencil, a candle that's only used for this time. Uh, something you light that candle with. That's only you almost designate it. Maybe it's a a little desk and something in the corner, maybe, maybe who knows where it is. You, you just kind of tell everyone, Hey, please just this, this space is off limits for anyone and anything. Don't borrow anything from it. Don't touch anything. Like, you know, I don't know. I know it's hard with kids to, to, to do that, but if you can, if you can, maybe you have to pull everything, put everything away and then pull everything out, but maybe the space itself can be designated for it. Right. So you need a space and you got to find the time. And I'm not telling you there's any easy time. There's not an easy time, right? There, time is time is the the thing that eludes everyone. Now we sometimes find the time to do what we want to do, and then we don't sometimes find time to do what we need to do. That that there, there's a little bit of truth to that. Now it doesn't always work that way, but I think we can all need to do that. But try to find that place. Find to find a place and a time. Maybe it's night. Maybe it's morning. Maybe it's midday. Look, there is no right time. There's no wrong time. The, the right time is the time that works best for you, where you're you're ready to go. You think you'll be in the right frame of mind. Now, it's not always going to work out. You've got to be prepared for that, right? You may say today at noon, I'm going to engage in my worship and it doesn't happen. That That's okay. That's okay. You just, just wait till the next day or the next day. You can't make this a performance-based thing. You can't make this a... a um, yeah, that like like you you know your spirituality depends upon this, right? This is something that's supposed to be beneficial to you, right? A blessing, not a curse, not a 
something like that, that that somehow determines your spirituality. So you need the place, you need the time, and you need those objects. Again, you need a candle, something to light the candle with, a physical Bible, a physical notebook, something to write with, and then your phone, iPad, computer, whatever case you may be, because you'll need it for a part of this. You won't always, well, you'll, yeah, you'll see. All right, then you begin by simply lighting the candle. You light the candle. And I'm going to give you a number of options of scriptures that you can read. You can change it up every day. You may be even, you may be able to come up with some more suggestions, right? But I'm going to go through these suggestions. I want to read every single one to you, but I'm just going to give these to you. You can write these down. Maybe at some point we will convert all of this these instructions over to a PDF file and then we'll I'll do a broadcast telling everyone that the PDF file is available. But you light the candle, and as soon as you light the candle, you read one of the following, all right? Now, and, and I, I want to read all of them. You, uh, An obvious one, I'll just read some of these. The first one would be John chapter 8, verse 12. Now, you don't read all of these. You just read one. You just ch- choose which one you want to read, and you can change it up every single time. John chapter 8, verse 12, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You're lighting that candle to really tell yourself, in a sense, this is what you're doing. You're lighting the candle because you're doing something physical and you're drawing your attention. It's really, it's really designed to just symbolically represent you're now, you're, you're, you're turning your mind away from everything else. And now you're focusing in here. And the candle is like, this is what you're focusing in. Something that, and this light represents either you're focusing on Christ. He is the light of the world, right? Or you could, if you want to read a longer passage, you, so you would just light the candle, read John 8, 12, right? Or you could light the candle and read John chapter 1, verses 1 through 14, because the word light is used a lot here. John chapter 1, starting in verse 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light, that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them which believe on his name, uh, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word was among, uh, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, of course, you would read it much slower. And again, you would have the light right there representing symbolic of this true light that came into the world, the glory of the Father right there, became flesh and dwelt among us so we could behold behold that glory. Once again, it's getting you to focus on the light, that light in front of you, not the, not all of the lights and noise and, and everything else going on in your life. But for that moment, you're turning everything else, your problems, your, your worries, your anxiety, your sin, and you're focusing on 
that. Or here's another one you could read. I'm going to end up reading all of these. I don't want to. I'm going to have to stop myself at some point or this is going to be 10 hours long. Uh, Psalm 119. I know I know you know this one. Psalm 119 verses 105. Psalm 119 verse 105, not verses, verse. Psalm 119 verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now you could probably find some other scripture, but there, there you go. All right, or... You could, uh, so there's Psalm 119, 105, or you could read 1 John. 1 John, I'm giving you all of these options. 1 John. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. You're focusing on the light that is God. Not the, not the darkness of the world, not the darkness of your own emotions or feelings, not the darkness of your own sin. You're focusing on the light of God, the light of his word, the light of the eternal son of God. Or you could read the gospel of John chapter 12, verse 46. John chapter 12, verse 46, where we read these words, John 12, verse 46. I am come, this is Jesus speaking, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Once again, you're focusing on him who came into the world who is light, right? Or you could read Romans chapter 13, verse 12. Romans chapter 13, verse 12. Romans chapter 13, verse 12, where we read these words. Uh, Romans 13, verse 12, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light, right? Or 2 Corinthians 4, 6. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God and the face of Jesus Christ. That light represents you trying to focus on the knowledge that comes from God in Jesus Christ, right? Or you could read 1 Peter 2, 9. 1 Peter 2, 9. 1 Peter 2, 9, if I can find 1 Peter. For, I'm re- using a new Bible, and this thing is so small. First Peter two nine, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you have show forth, so, uh, that ye show forth the praise of Him who hath called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. Once again, the light represents that you're called out of that darkness. Now you're going to focus in, on that marvelous light, right? Or Revelation twenty one. Revelation 21, look at verse 23. Revelation 21, verse 23. Revelation 21, verse 23. uh, I'm going to go to verse, starting at verse 21. Revelation chapter 21, verse 22. And I saw no temple there. 
Um, For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. That candle that you just lit, that you read the scripture, is showing you of the ultimate light that is to come. And there will be no darkness darkness and there will be no need for any other light because, well, God will be the light and that's all that we will need. Focus on that light now. All right. And then Revelation chapter 22, Revelation chapter 22, verse 25, or wait, Revelation 22, verse 5. Revelation 22, verse 5. There's not 25 verses in Revelation 22. Revelation chapter 22, verse 5. Revelation chapter 22, verse 5. And there shall be no night there and there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God give them light and they shall reign forever and ever. That light represents the time coming where you won't need a candle. That light will come in where you won't need electricity. You, everything's going to be, the light of God will be there. So you're, you're, you're symbolically showing that these are the things you're focusing on. You, now, you can read all of those scriptures if you want, depending on how much time you have, but just read one. Light the candle, read it. And then once you write the once you light the candle and you've read the scripture, now this is going to be the hard part that's going to probably nobody's going to want to do. But at that moment, I want you to just stop what you're doing. I want you to stop what you're doing. And I want you to try to sit there in silence from some five minutes is what I'm shooting for. Now that's going to feel like an eternity. That is going to feel like an absolute eternity. You are going to feel like you are in <laughs> mental anguish and pain. You you don't even know how much of your day is filled with sound. You have no idea. Just all day, words, words, sound, sound, words, sound, words, sound, words, sound, noise. I want you to sit there for five minutes. Now, to help you out, to help you out. In the middle of that five minutes, about two and a half minutes, three minutes in, I want you, you can either recite the words you can recite the words, but after about two, about two to two to three minutes of silence, okay, which is already going to kill you, then I simply, if you have your Bible open, then I just want you to say these words. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. You can just say it. Like you can finally speak about two, two and a half, three minutes, and, and then silence for the re- remaining two, two, two and a half minutes. Five minutes. Five minutes, just silence. Be still and know that he is God. You're you're committing yourself to focusing on that light. You can look at the light. You can just stare at the light, right? You can smell the aroma of the candle, right? So your senses are involved. You You got smell, you got your eyes, your brain's involved. You've read scripture, right? You're, you're touching the Bible. You're touching the Bible, right? So... You're, you're, you're engaging yourself in it. All right? Now, at the end of that five minutes, so you've lit a candle, you've read one scripture. So this is going really quick. It's not taking you a lot of time, right? 
you're going to cite Psalm 46.10. At the end of the five minutes of silence, you're going to confess your sin. And you can use a written confession. There are plenty of them used throughout church history. I'm going to read some of them for you. Now, some of these we will try to we'll try to get put in on a PDF file so that you can have um, if you need these. But before we get a PDF file made, email me newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, and I will cut and paste these into an email and send them to you. All right. So, uh, so at the end of the five minutes, at the end of the five minutes, you get ready to confess your sins. All right, you get ready to confess your sins. Now, here we go. Here is the confession. Here's the confession. Here we go. Here we go. Here's the confession. I'm going to read a number of them, all right? And and you can write your own if you would like. You can write your own. Please, please modify this to your own. But this is where we're going to try to humble ourselves before the holy God. We're going to acknowledge what we are. We're going to be honest and uh, open and honest with God. Here are a couple. Here's one. Almighty God, we acknowledge and confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. We have not loved you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We have not loved our neighbor as ourselves. Deepen within us our sorrow for the wrong we have done and the good we have left undone. Lord, you are full of compassion and grace and and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. There is always forgiveness with you. Restore to us the joy of our salvation. Bind up that which is broken, give light to our minds, strengthen our, to strength to our wills, and rest to our souls. Speak to each of us and let your word abide with us until it has wrought in us your holy will. Amen. Now, the speak to us is in reference to what's getting ready to happen. The speak to us is what's getting ready to happen. And that is we're getting ready. We're going to engage in Bible study and reading. Uh, see, someone just said... Uh, okay, good. All right. Someone just said, this sounds like a beautiful time of worship. I've never thought of having a specific place uh, set up to do worship like this. All right. Someone says they're excited to try it. So I'm going to send them a check for a hundred dollars for saying positive things. Okay. No, I'm joking. So, but there is the, that's just one. I'm going to read a couple of others. So let me read it one more time. Let me read it one more time. Almighty God, we acknowledge and confess that we have sinned or now, this is being used probably more in a congregational setting. Obviously, you would want the pronouns to be singular. Almighty God, I acknowledge and confess that I have sinned against you and thought, word, and deed. I have not loved you with all my heart, soul, and mind and strength. I have not loved our, uh, my neighbor as uh, our, myself. Deepen within me my sorrow for the wrong I have done and the good I have left undone. Lord, you are full of compassion and grace. Uh, and, and you're full of compassion and gracious. I would probably change it to grace. Okay, but that's okay. Slow to anger, plenteous in mercy. There is always forgiveness with you. Restore to, uh, to Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Bind up that which is broken. Give light to my mind, strength, strength to my will, and rest to my soul. Speak 
to me and let your word abide within, within me until it is wrought in me your holy will. You would obviously want it to be very personal. This is you confessing your sin to God in a very general way. Now, if you want, you can also add specific sins that you're struggling with, specific struggles. You you can't, I mean, this is a time for you to be open. Look, no one's going to hear you. You're by yourself, right? The things you're not going to tell anybody else, those things you're not going to mention to anyone else. Hey, this is the time to just say, God, come on, you know, you know, you know the dirt. Okay, you know, you know the real deal. You know, Even if I haven't acted upon it, you know what I want, you know what I'm thinking. Right, here's another one. Lord Jesus, I have sinned times without number and been guilty of pride and unbelief and of neglect to seek you in my daily life. My sins are shortcomings. uh, See, my sins and shortcomings present me with a list of accusations, but I thank you that they will not stand against me for all have been laid on Christ. Deliver me from every evil habit, every interest of former sins, everything that dims the brightness of your grace in me, everything that prevents me from taking delight in you. Amen. All right. There's another one. That one's very specific, very personal, right? Lord, I've sinned times without number and been guilty of pride and unbelief and neglect to seek you in my daily life. My sins and shortcomings present me with a list of accusations, but I thank you that they will not stand against me for I've been, because they've all been laid on Christ. Deliver me from every evil, evil, evil habit. Uh, every uh, interest of former sins, everything that dims the brightness of your grace. It, it's it's uh, pleading with God, deliver me. Now we know the ultimate deliverance will not happen until um, glorification, but we, we plead with God. We plead with God for help. Here's another one. Oh, my savior, help me. I am slow to learn, prone to forget and weak to climb. I am in the foothills when I should be on the heights. I am pained by my graceless heart, my prayerless days, my poverty of love, my sloth in the heavenly race, my sullied conscience, my wasted hours, my unspent opportunities. I am blind while the light shines around me. Take the scales from my eyes. Grind to dust my heart of unbelief. Make it my highest joy to study you. Meditate on you, gaze on you, sit like Mary at your feet, lean like John on your breast and appeal like Peter to your love. Count like Paul, all things but dung. I believe help my unbelief. I mean, those are beautiful, powerful words that you would just be saying to God. Here's here's another one. Almighty God, and I'm going to change the pronouns. I acknowledge and confess that I have sinned against you and thought, word, and deed, and have not loved you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I, um, okay, no, that's the one we've already looked at. All right, so we've already looked at this one. Okay, hang on. Um, yeah, I'm going to get rid of this one from my notes. I don't know why. Um, I don't know why I copied it twice. All right. Um, Yeah, did that one as well. Okay. I think those are the main ones. I'm going to get rid of these. Okay, here's here's uh another one. Oh Lord, my every sense, member, faculty, affection is a snare to me. I can scarce open my eyes, but I envy those above me or despise those below me. 
I covet the honor and riches of the mighty, and I am proud and unmerciful to the rags of others. If I behold beauty, it is a bait to lust. Or see deformity, it stirs up loathing and disdain. How soon do slanders, vain jest, and wanton speech creep into my heart? Am I comely? What fuel for pride? Am I deformed? What an occasion, what an occasion, occasion for uh, repining? Am I gifted? How I lust after applause. Am I learned? How I despise what I have not. Am I, am I in authority? How prone to abuse my trust. Make will my law. Exclude others' enjoyments. Serve my own interest and policy. Am I inferior? How much I grudge others' preeminence. Am I rich? How exalted I become. You know that all these are snares by my corruptions and that my greatest snare is myself. I be well that my apprehensions are dull, my thoughts mean, my affections stupid, my expressions low, my life unbeseeming. Yet what can you expect of dust but insincerity, of corruption but defilement? Keep my, keep me ever mindful of my natural state, but let me not forget my heavenly title or the grace that can deal with every sin. Amen. I mean, that's a powerful one right there. That's, those are powerful, powerful, powerful ones. But this is the time where you engage in confession. You can read one. Here, what I would say is you read one and then say, Lord, specific to me, here are the sins that plagued me today. Here are the sins that plagued me yesterday. Here are the sins that plagued me in the last five minutes. Here are the sins that are going to plague me the rest of the day. You're open you're honest. There's no pretense. Confession should not take you long. You can read one of those within literally minutes. You probably can add your own sins within minutes. So, so far, this is not, I know it's taken me 45 minutes to explain it up to this point, but there's not, this is, none of this is that difficult. You can, you can do all of this within minutes. All right. And then as soon as you're done confessing your sin, as soon as you're done confessing your sin, you can open your Bible if you need to, or you can have this memorized. You read these words. If we, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. All right. Now, the next part is where it gets complicated. Next part, many of you will skip. Next part, no one's ever going to agree upon. But I still believe the next part is important. You need to then spend maybe 15 minutes, if you can, 15, 20 at max, 15 to 20 minutes in some kind of music and praise to God. Now, the problem with this is depending on what you use, well, you don't want to, I mean, like we've already talked about this. I don't want to be using music from Bethel. I don't want to be using music from Hillsong. I don't want to be using music from these apostate churches. I don't. I just don't. I don't, I don't want to support it. So what do you do? Well, you're, you're using music here not for entertainment. This is not music. This is music for you to, to, to listen to. So 
it, I mean, obviously, if you have something saved, right, and a certain album or something that you feel comfortable with, you can. But I'm just going to point you to some free resources that don't cost you any money and nothing to subscribe to, all right? You can download the old Christian radio app, old Christian radio app for Android or iPhone. Now, these 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 are more hymn-based, very conservative you're not going to get Bethel. You're not going to get Hillsong. You're not going to get any of the modern music. Now, some of the songs are wonderful, beautiful. Some of them, not so much. But most of the time, they're going to be hymn-based, conservative, and it's just straight music. You open the app, it just immediately starts playing. And you don't have to do anything. So you would just, at this point, turn on the music and you would just listen. If you know the words, you would sing along. You just let, you would just spend time in praising God in song. Right? 15, 20 minutes max. Right? 15 to 20 minutes max. All right? Don't go beyond it. Or here's another one the Abiding Radio app. The Abiding Radio app. Again, free. Abiding Radio app. They give you, you can do uh, instrumental or you can do sacred, I think. And once again, this is very conservative, very conservative. The instrumental is great. You can just close your eyes and just spend 15 minutes just, you know, thinking about, you know, your sin, about God, about his character, his holiness. You can download the All Worship app. Now, the only problem with the All Worship app is you're going to get, now you can go contemporary, you can go do praise and worship, but you're going to immediately see that some of this is very much more modern. So like, I think the first one that started playing for me was from Lakewood Church. That's Joe Olstein's church. Other Others of it were pretty good. A lot of Hosanna integrity. All right. Um, but you, you, you can just, you can try it. Or you can go to Mo- the Moody, the Moody radio app. So old Christian radio app, very conservative. Abiding radio app, very conservative. All worship much more contemporary. I don't know if they use Bethel and Hillsong, but if they're using Lakewood, I'm assuming they do. And then Moody Radio, maybe a l- contemporary, but not all the way to Bethel or Hillsong. Now, a Moody Radio app, it's not user-friendly. You got to look around. If you look around, you'll see the stations. You'll have um, Praise and Worship Station or Sacred Sacred Station. And uh, between those two options, you should be able to find something that I think would be maybe a little bit more modern than old Christian radio or abiding radio, but not all the way going to straight Hillsong or or uh, Bethel. So I think it, maybe the Moody radio app would be a good option. You're going to have to look around. Now, remember, these are just straight music, right? There are no, there's no announcers. There's no DJs. There's no, there's nothing to interrupt the actual time of whenever you turn it on, 15, 20 minutes, just music, and then you're done. All right. Then you're done. So at this point, you can probably knock out a probably, probably most of this, probably close, probably this, this is probably 30 minutes, probably. Probably, maybe even a little less. Um, the, if you, if you, if you, and if and look, modify the music to ten minutes. Just try to listen to two full songs, two full hymns, two full, just at least a minimum of two. So, in other words, you can modify this, and so that would only now probably you could probably have this all knocked out possibly within fifteen to twenty minutes, and and you and we just got a little bit of things to do. 
All right. Now, once you conclude that, now this is the time for a sermon, a devotion, scripture reading, or Bible study, depending on your time. A short time, do a devotional, right? Um, Or scripture reading. You know, wherever, if you're reading through the Bible, reading plan, you can find reading plans on the YouVersion Bible app, whatever you're using. Or Bible study, or I would challenge you, Sermons 2.0 app, the Sermons 2.0 app, and just choose a random sermon and listen. That's the Sermons 2.0 app. Pick a ra- pick the newest one. Just pick one and just listen. Or if you have if you have your favorites, go to your feed. Whatever is brand new, hit play. And you say, "Well, I may not have time to listen to the whole sermon. Listen to twenty minutes of it, thirty minutes of it. Just stop it whenever you need to stop it." Right, but the, the, this is your time in God's word. Now, this is the time where you hear from God. Right, you you've spoken to God, you've confessed your sins to God, and a sense the songs are supposed to be sung to God. Now you listen to Him, sermon, devotion, scripture reading, or Bible study. All right. Now, when that's over, prayer. You say, "What do I pray?" You can pray. Thank, you can thank God for his forgiveness. You can thank him for his blessings. You can petition him petition Him for any of your needs. You can intercede for other people's needs. You just pray. You know, basic parts of prayer. You can praise God for who he is. You can, uh, for his attributes and character, you can thank God for what he has done. You've already confessed, so you don't need to confess. Uh, you can uh, petition God for your own life or intercede on the behalf of others. Just prayer. Right? Five minutes, 10 minutes. Just lay your heart bare with God. Just be open. Maybe it's just you need to lament to God. You cry out in pain and agony and share your grief and difficulty. And then when that's over, you grab a Bible, you go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, and you read these words Luke 2, starting in verse 29. Luke 2, verse 29. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. You say the word, Amen. Blow out the candle. And that concludes your private worship. That's Luke 2, 29 to 32. So the parts are simple. Place, time. You need a candle, something to light the candle with. You light the candle with and you read. You pick just one. John 8, 12. Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 14, Psalm 119, 105, 1 John 1, 5, John 12, 46, Romans 13, 12, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, 1 Peter 2, 9, Revelation 21, 23 to 24, or Revelation 22, 5. After a while, you'll have them memorized. You won't even need to open a Bible. I would still challenge you to open a Bible and read it. Only because now you're you're physically touching, you're adding all of your senses to to this, right? 
Then you sit in silence for five minutes. At about the two and a half, three minute mark, you quote Psalm 4610. If you need to open your Bible and read it, you know, be still and know that he is Lord, right? At the end of the five minutes, you confess with one of those confessions. You read that confession verbatim. You sit, you then confess specific sins of your life. Then you read 1 John 1, 9. Then you use either the old Christian radio app, the abiding radio app, the all worship app, or the moody radio app, or if you have a better one, you then, you then um, just a minimum of two songs. Two come, when you start, when you first open the app, it may be in the middle of a song. Don't count that. Two full songs. When they are over, you're done, or you can go all the way up to 20 minutes, no more than 20 minutes. Then when that is over, right, now hopefully you're relaxed, you're focused, sermon, devotion, scripture reading, or Bible study. If sermons, we're going to use the Sermons 2.0 app, right? Or you can use, you know, if there's a church you follow or your own church, if you miss church on Sunday or if you miss church whenever, you, you, you know, it's a good time to catch up on the sermons, right? Because, you know, I always hear, well, I don't, I don't know the answer to your questions. I wasn't at church. And it's kind of like, I don't know. Maybe the sermons are online. I could, I could be wrong. I, then I know, getting a little sarcastic there. Not, don't mean to, but okay. But the point is, is you know, they're, they're, I think every church in America, their sermons are online. Prayer. And then conclude by reading Luke 2, 29 to 32. Blow out the candle and you are done. After the conclusion of Luke 2, 29 to 32, say amen. Just because it's like, okay, in a sense, you're, you know the, the time of worship is over. Blow out the candle. Set everything back in its place. If you need to put everything away, then you're good to go. You, you, depend, you, can, you can modify all of that to shorten it to a very short amount of time, right? That doesn't take a lot of time, but it's a comprehensive time of worship from start to end. And I'm looking to see if there's any more comments anywhere. I think we're good to go. There you have it. That took me 57 minutes to explain, but I'm telling you, you can knock that out. Well, first of all, let's not approach it that way. You're not there to knock it out. You're there to experience it. You're there to, to try to help yourself, right? Spiritually. And hopefully even maybe, and, and again, and well, just spiritually, because the connection between spiritual health and mental health, we don't want to draw a direct correlation because then what happens is you think, well, if I do the spiritual stuff, my mental health is going to go away. It's an illness, just like a physical illness. Doesn't mean it's going to go away. May help you, may help you, like just with a physical, when you have a physical problem, uh, your spiritual health can at least give you maybe some uh, help you deal with it in a, a biblical or a theological way. But the point is, we've got to work on our spiritual health. And we got to do more than maybe just our, the way we normally do. We need a time of actual worship. Now, I know what you're asking. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to start doing this? I, I'm hoping I will. But I'm going to be honest with you. It's hard to be disciplined to do it. 
I think it may be harder now than it's ever been in the history of humankind to stop what we're doing and say, I'm going to do this. I think it's harder than it's ever been. You can tell me. Email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. If you start participating in this and you decide to do it, I would love to get your, just just a very blunt, just your experience. Because I'm, the first one, you may be like, it was awkward. It was, it was horrible. Or by the fifth one, you may be, you know, try to do it at least maybe, maybe 10 times and then see it got better. It got worse. And I don't know. I don't really care. I, you know, like whatever. I, I would love to get your feedback. News, if at yahoo.com. I know this. If there is a God and if he does exist, then he is worthy of our worship. And too many times, We don't give him our worship. Thanks for listening. God bless.